Well, good morning. It's great to be with you and be able to share today as part of our series on heroes of faith and prayer. And today I want to look at the Apostle Paul. He was a man who lived in the first century and he wrote about half of our New Testament. And so he's got a lot to say. There's no way I can say everything about him in the time we have together this morning. But I did put on our Facebook group and our Facebook page and also emailed out to those who receive our newsletter a link to a video that talks about the Apostle Paul, who he was and the letters that he wrote to churches and individuals. If you're watching today and you haven't seen that video, then no problem. But I would encourage you to, after this, go and find that video and watch it. It will give you some background on Paul that I just don't have time to share today, but I think you'll find really helpful. If you go onto Facebook and search for Hub Community Church, then you'll find our public Facebook page and there's a link to that video on there. So do have a look if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I want to talk about the life of Paul and some of the things he says in his letters. So I will look at a number of different Bible verses this morning. You may want to just jot them down and look at them later if you are inspired by any of them and want to look more at them. But I want to bring out some things that I really feel that God wants to say to us today through the life of Paul. A major message that Paul shares with the churches that he writes to, is about the new life that we have in Christ. This has really inspired me over many years to read about how when we come to faith in Jesus, we leave behind our old life, our old life of unbelief, maybe some of the things that we've done wrong in the past. We leave them behind and we start a new life particularly in in passages like Romans chapter 6, Paul talks about baptism and how we end our old life like Christ died and then rose again. We, We die to our old self, our old life, and then we're raised to new life in Christ. That's a major theme of his writings. Also a major theme is about righteousness, and righteousness really means our right standing before God, being right before him, in right relationship with him. And this righteousness that is available to us through faith in Jesus is a gift from God. And Paul's very clear about that in his writings, that we receive a gift of righteousness. It's not about us working hard to try and make that happen or somehow be good enough to be right before God. This is a gift of God through Jesus's sacrificial death and resurrection that is available to us. Keep that in mind, if you would, as we look at the life and writings of Paul this morning. But I want to bring out four points that I believe God would want us to hear this morning. It's by no means exhaustive. Of course, it's not. There's so much more that Paul says, but Four things that I believe God wants to say to us as the Hub Church this morning and for those who are maybe not usually part of our community but are listening in and you're extremely welcome as well. So number one, Paul shows us how God loves everyone and can save anyone. 
Number two, Paul shows us how to be content and thankful in all circumstances. Number three, Paul shows us how to focus on what really matters. And number four, Paul shows us the importance of prayer. This series about, is about heroes of faith and prayer. And I really want to bring out that prayer element that Paul teaches about. So number one, Paul shows us how God loves everyone and can save anyone. There's an account in the Bible in the book of Acts chapter 9 about how this man called Paul or Saul as he was at the time. God changes his name from Saul to Paul. So if you read about Saul then it is Paul, it's the same person. There was just a name change that happened. And Saul is on the road to Damascus and has this dramatic conversion experience. If you've watched the video that I referred to earlier, you'll hear about how Paul or Saul was a man who persecuted Christians. He was a Pharisee. He didn't like this new Christianity that was emerging. He didn't like followers of Jesus. He heavily persecuted them, even murdered Christians. He was not a fan at all. And yet he has this incredible encounter with Jesus. Isn't it so powerful that despite all that Saul has done, all that has happened, all the, all the hatred, all the, the, the persecution towards the followers of Jesus, that Jesus himself, the risen Jesus, would appear to Saul on this road to Damascus just to show him how much he loves him and how much he wants him to follow him. If you're watching today and you feel like you're not somehow good enough, that maybe the things that you've done in the past, the things that you've thought, maybe the attitudes that you've had, maybe you think, I don't know if I could draw near to Jesus because I don't think Jesus would particularly like me. I don't think he'd approve of what I do or have done. I'm somehow not worthy. Or maybe you felt like the church has let you down and you don't feel like you want to be involved so much with the church or with Jesus. And you feel like, nah, maybe this isn't for me. Then God, I believe, Jesus wants to reach out to you this morning and remind you that if he can save Saul, Paul, then he can save anyone. If he loves and is for Paul, then he's for you as well. I believe there's an invitation for you today, if you can identify with what I'm saying, to come and experience the risen Jesus. He wants to be in relationship with you. Please don't feel like you need to sort out everything in your life, become a, a perfect person before coming into relationship with God. The church is full of broken people like me who have just realised that we can't do life on our own, that we need a saviour. And Jesus has been that saviour for me and for many others. And he will be that for you as well. Don't wait till you've got your life sorted. You'll never get there. The church is a, is a body of broken people who are becoming more and more like Jesus. Jesus doesn't want us to stay broken. 
but we need to acknowledge his help and accept his help in order to become more like him. It's that righteousness that I talked about a moment ago, becoming more like him, becoming right with God. But that's something that God gives to us. It's a gift when we come into relationship with him. Don't wait. Maybe even today, accept him as your Lord and Saviour and allow him to start the work of changing you to become more like Jesus. So that was point number one. God shows, or Paul shows us how God loves everyone and can save anyone. And then number two, Paul shows us how to be content and thankful in all circumstances. One of the letters that Paul writes to a church is the the Colossians, the letter to the Colossians. And throughout this letter, there's little verses of encouragement to be thankful at all times. Let me just read a few of them to you. In chapter one and verse three, he says, we always thank God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He's thankful when he prays. In chapter one and verse 12, he says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Again, giving thanks for what's happening. In chapter two and verse six, he says, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This encouragement to remain thankful all the time. In chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. And then in chapter 4 and verse 2, he says, Devote yourselves to prayer, and we'll look at prayer in a moment, being watchful and thankful. Continuous encouragement about being thankful in all circumstances. It's a real theme of Paul's writings. And then in the book of Philippians, another letter, another epistle that Paul writes to the church in Philippi, it's often called his his joy letter because although Paul writes this letter from prison and it's not that he's done anything bad, it's that he's been preaching the gospel and seeing people's lives changed and there's a lot of opposition to that. But despite being in prison, Paul writes about joy. He understands that he can still be joyful whatever the circumstances. That's his mindset in all things. And so in Philippians and chapter 4 and from verse 11, Paul says this. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I love how he ends with that. Or that particular, that verse, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. 
recognising that this is not some striving. This is not some massive effort on his part. He's just in Christ. He loves Jesus and he allows Jesus to work in and through him. And the strength that he needs to face all of the situations he's facing, he gets from Jesus. Isn't that encouraging? Many of you will know that I spent 12 years as a police officer before starting to work with Basingstoke Community Churches in 2014. And so I'd spent previous to that 12 years in the police. And and the police is a great job in many ways. I loved the adrenaline rush of the jobs that we went to. I loved jumping in the cars and putting the blue lights on and racing to jobs. I loved that. I loved the thrill of getting involved and dealing with stuff. I love the satisfaction of, as a team, especially when you are after someone or you've worked on a case and you finally find out who's done it and you make the arrest. There's a great satisfaction involved with a lot of police work, but there's so much mundane stuff as well. There's things like guarding a crime scene in the rain all night that is just really soul destroying. There's the long detailed statements that you have to take at times, which are really tiring and you have to concentrate and understand what's being communicated to you and get it down in statement form. There's compiling big case files for court where you have to make sure you cover everything and include all the evidence and write reports. And so it's a real mix of great adrenaline stuff, the stuff that everyone wants to do and then the parts of the job that are just pretty dull. And I remember in my early police years, just living for those exciting moments and just getting a bit down. And when I was given on parade, the meeting that we'd have at the beginning of the shift, if I was given a, a job like scene guard in the rain, then my heart would sink and I'd feel like, oh, I don't want to do that today. But I learnt as my time in the police went on that If I change my attitude, if I said whatever happens, whether I'm going to have some exciting stuff happen today or whether it's going to be a bit boring and mundane, I'm going to choose to have the right attitude. I'm going to choose to be thankful, to be content, whatever job I'm given. And just that change in attitude made a real difference when I was given the jobs that I wouldn't choose to have. I approached them with a much better attitude and it was really helpful for me to make sure I enjoyed each day in the police. Maybe whatever you do, or maybe whether you're stuck at home at the moment, whether you're working hard, whatever it is, maybe see what you can do to change your attitude and enjoy your time much more. I had a quote recently by a lady called Brené Brown. Some of you, many of you maybe will have heard of Brené Brown. She's talks to our generation really well, I feel, about shame and about vulnerability and courage. And I've really appreciated some of the things she said. And I heard a quote of hers recently, and it was this. I will practice gratitude to access joy. I will practice gratitude to access joy. There's a real encouragement here. I think there's a real difference between happiness and joy. And I think the Apostle Paul, particularly here in the letter to the Philippians, really understands joy, that actually 
Joy is when we say, whatever happens, I'm content. Whatever happens, it's okay. I'm living for Jesus. He lives in me. I'm in him. We're able to do this life together. Happiness is a lot more fleeting. Happiness, I think, is, a, is much more of, a, of an emotion that comes and goes. You can feel happy at times and sad at other times. But joy is when you say, whatever happens, it's okay. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to trust God through it. And Brené Brown suggests, and I agree, that the key to accessing joy is gratitude, being thankful and grateful in whatever situation we're in. So that was number two. Paul shows us how to be content and thankful in all circumstances. And then number three, Paul shows us how to focus on what really matters. Paul was really clear that his calling was to share the gospel. In the first few chapters, particularly of First Corinthians, I'd encourage you to read those chapters. He talks about his clear calling and he picks it up at other times as well to share the gospel. He wants to know Christ and to make Christ known. And he never gave up with this calling to continually share the gospel, despite the hard work that he had to do, despite being in prison frequently, despite being flogged and beaten for his faith, despite being exposed to death again and again, despite being pelted with stones, shipwrecked three times. He spent a day and a night in the open sea. He was at danger in the city, in the country and at sea. He was at danger from false believers. He went without sleep. He'd been hungry and thirsty, at times cold and naked. And yet, from prison, despite all these things that he faced, he could write these words to the Philippians in chapter 3 of his letter, verse 12. He says this, Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul, he pressed on. He wouldn't give up despite the challenges, the real huge challenges that he faced in sharing the gospel. He was focused on it. He pressed on to win this prize of knowing Christ, of ultimately spending eternity with him, but ensuring that he took as many people as possible with him. Just to round off this point about how focused Paul was, I want to look at a passage in Acts chapter 20. quickly find it. This was when Paul was going to move on to a new place to continue spreading the gospel. And he says this in Acts 20 verse 22. And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. 
However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Such clarity, such focus of what God's called him to, sharing the gospel. And despite God himself warning him that he was going to face all kinds of hardships, face prison, he was committed knowing that God had called him to this and determined to work it out. I believe there's a call on all of us to be sharing the gospel, to be making disciples. But God calls us to different things as well, different people, different churches even. There's a real call on us as a church, I believe, to be sharing the gospel and making disciples at this time. But what has God said to you? What has he called you to? Paul uses this analogy of a race in his letters a a few times. And he talks about how, how we fix our eyes on the goal And how we run towards that goal, the end of the race. He was such a focused and driven man. What about you? Have you maybe lost something of your focus and drive? Have you maybe become a bit tired along the way? Do you just need an encouragement from God to keep running, to keep going, despite the difficulties we're facing at the moment, despite maybe other difficulties that have hit you along life's race. Last week, Carol Shaw, in her poem that was sent out, had put on Facebook and sent out to those in the Hub Church, she really encouraged us with this poem about running the race. Let me encourage you to keep running, keep going. Seek encouragement from God, seek encouragement from each other. But let's keep focused on what God has called us to and keep going as Paul encourages us to. So that was number three. Paul shows us how to focus on what really matters. And then finally, number four, Paul shows us the importance of prayer. Just want to pick out three very quick things as we look at prayer. Firstly, that God, that Paul encourages us to pray for everyone, but particularly for those in power particularly for kings and those in authority. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, he encourages us to do that, particularly at this time. Let's be praying for those in authority. Let's be praying for our prime minister and his cabinet or the those in authority in the country that you're in. Let's be praying and asking God to give them wisdom and guidance at this time. Let's be praying that they would come to faith in him, those that aren't yet believers in Jesus. Let's be praying that they would govern in a really godly way and help us all through this crisis we're experiencing at the moment. Secondly, Paul really encourages us about praying in tongues. In a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he encourages us about this. And tongues is a prayer language. You may have heard people pray in tongues. You may pray in tongues yourself. It's often used as a prayer language, connecting our spirit to God. And we pray. We don't necessarily know what we're praying, but we pray in this prayer language that God has given to us. And we connect with God. It's a great way of, especially when we don't know what to pray, we can just pray and and, and God guides us in that. And there's a connection with God and, 
and we can pray things that are on God's heart through tongues. Sometimes when we gather as church, I know we're not able to at the moment, but when we gather together in one place, God might give someone a tongue and they pray that tongue out and then we wait for an interpretation, not not a translation word for word, but an interpretation. Someone else may bring that of what God is trying to say through this tongue. So it's a great way to pray beyond our normal language in a way that connects with God. Let me encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and see what God says to you about that. If you want someone to pray for you to receive that gift, do drop us a note. Do connect with someone else in the church and ask them to pray for you. And then finally, warfare. Paul talks a lot about spiritual warfare and prayer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 3, Paul explains how we fight with weapons not of this world. He's probably thinking of swords and spears and javelins as he writes it, but he's saying we don't fight in that way as the world does, but we fight with spiritual weapons, prayer. These weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Let's understand that there's an enemy at work and we can use prayer prayer in tongues or in our own language to really call on God to break down strongholds in our lives in our nation's lives and let's be using that let me encourage you with some words that Paul writes to the Ephesians this time in Ephesians chapter 6 when he says this in from verse 18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Doesn't this link to the last point as well about Paul's focus and drive to share the gospel? Despite being in chains in prison, he wants to see the gospel go out. Let's be those that pray for each other, that we can break through the attacks of the enemy and see the gospel go out. Let me finish with one story. In my police days again, I was for a few years a firearms officer and in my training to become a firearms officer, we used something called FATS. It was a firearms training simulator, FATS. And on this simulator, it was like a big video game, really, with a gun connected to the system. And they'd play out scenarios on this screen and we would have to respond to them. My colleague was doing one of these scenarios and it was in a shopping centre. And as he walked through this shopping centre being played out on the screen, he went to into a jeweller's shop and there was a man holding a gun up to a member of staff. And on this video scenario, the, the police officer shouts out, armed police, drop the gun. And at that point, this man turned and pointed his gun towards my colleague And it was at that moment that he was supposed to engage and fire around. And he didn't. He froze. And then a moment later on this scenario, the man fires a weapon, fires his gun towards my colleague. 
And at that point, my colleague put his gun down by his side and stood there. And then a few minutes later, the, the gun went off again from the, from the criminal. And shortly afterwards, the scenario ended and the instructor switched the lights on and said to my colleague, well, what, what happened there then? And my colleague explained that he didn't react in time and this man fired first. And so he assumed, well, I'm dead then. I, I, I'm out of the game. He fired first. And so I put my gun down and stopped. And the instructor, obviously seeing the moment of learning here, said, we never do this. We never assume or accept that we're out of the game. We never stop and say, that's it, I'm, I'm finished, it's all over. We get up and we keep fighting. Because if you assume that you're going to die, even if you take a wound that isn't fatal, then the likelihood is if you think you're going to die, you may well die. You'll certainly give up and stop. Unless you've taken the, the worst, most fatal wound, you probably still can, can carry on, at least for a little bit. And you may save a life through doing that. Never give up. And that's always stayed with me. And I think as we look at these four points this morning about Paul. Firstly, he was given a new lease of life. He was given a second chance by God and he took it. Secondly, he had a positive mindset. He was thankful whatever was happening, even when he took some wounds, even when he was in prison, always thankful, always pressing on. The third point, keeping focused on what God had called him to, not allowing the difficulties in life and the painful circumstances he was facing to get him down. He carried on. And finally, he knew that the enemy would try and take him out. And so he would pray and he would engage in spiritual warfare and he would keep going and ask people to pray and stand with him. Let's today be encouraged to be more like Paul. To keep going, keep focused on what God's called us to. And see many people impacted with the gospel. As we're about to finish in a few moments, let's just pause and let's just focus on God for a minute. I want to encourage you, maybe just to close your eyes where you're at now, if you feel comfortable doing that. And maybe just think about those four points that I've shared this morning. Let me just remind you of them. One, Paul shows us how God loves everyone and can save anyone. Two, Paul shows us how to be content and thankful in all circumstances. Three, Paul shows us how to focus on what really matters. And four, Paul shows us the importance of prayer. Maybe for you, you really feel God speaking to you about one or maybe a few of those points. Let's just have a moment of silence just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you.
the end of this broadcast, a slide will come up with all of our contact details, email, Facebook, platforms like that. And let me encourage you, if you would like someone to pray with you, maybe you want to respond and say, actually, I've been staying away from God because I don't feel like I'm good enough, but I want to, I want to respond now. Then do do that. Maybe you have just been challenged about being more content and thankful, maybe about being focused or about prayer. Let me encourage you, please don't just try and work that out on your own. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help you journey through your Christian race, whether you're right at the start or nearing the end. We need to encourage each other and we can do that as church, even at this time. So do contact us and thanks for listening and I'll pass back to Phil. Thank you.